Fuel, the podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership within the automotive industry. Fuel is bringing you the latest in proven strategies and techniques that can take your service department to the next level. Welcome to the Fuel Podcast. I'm here with Bob Gower, and he's going to be joining me to talk about a very interesting topic today. Phone calls in a dealership. Some of the struggles that we see, some of the struggles that we go up against, some best practices on how we start going down the path of understanding where do we begin and where do we want to get to with capturing customers on that first phone call. Bob, he's what, 42 years experience in the automotive business. I think, I think you've been around a bit, Bob. <laughs> I've been here a few years. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, as long as you. Not as long as you, Alex. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so from, you know, dealership sales to dealership management, you know, you've kind of been around the block, been a general manager. You know, you've been playing around with different makes, different brands and things of that nature. Um, and, and now you, you've kind of allowed yourself to, to become a pretty big deal in, in, the, in the Traver industry here. Tell well, us a little you. bit about what you do and, and how good you're at doing it. Okay, great. Um, what a lead in. I'm not sure how I address that, but let me give it a shot. So, you know, I started in the car business like everybody, kind of retail, you know, worked my way up from the bottom literally washing cars to running a store as a GM, right? Running fixed and variables and parts. And then, you know, what dawned on me is no matter how far back I look in my career, the phone's always been a big deal for us in the auto industry. And it is for every industry because if you take a look at, would you give up your phone today? And the answer is, heck no. You'd probably give up your car before <laughs> you gave up your phone because you could at least Uber around right, with yeah. your phone. So if you think about how important phones been, you know, I go back to a statement I heard from Google years ago, and they used a term that I love to use, and it's called zero moment of truth. So if you just take that and digest it in our business, what it means is when we interface with a customer for the first time, that is the zero moment of truth. Either they want to do business with us or they don't want to do business with us. So if you think Think about how valuable the phone is today. It is as dealerships working with all of our OEM partners. I've been blessed with really having a great group of people to surround myself by. So a lot of my knowledge comes from other people in other industries like ours, outside of ours. Fundamentally, you start looking at what's similar, you know, and what's very similar in all these businesses is that we still do business with a person in most cases. So when that phone rings and we pick it up and we choose to say whatever we say, it is our reflection of our brand. It is who we are, who we represent. And it's really important that moment of truth, the customer makes a decision if they want to continue to move on to shop or they want to stay with us or they want to continue to do business with us. So if I look at our OEM partners, you know, it used to be years ago, we would shop five, six, seven stores before we made a buying decision. The latest studies over the last five years say the average customer only shops 1.5, 1.4, 1.3 dealerships, depending on who you talk to, to make a final decision. So you get one shot. Uh, it's it's a small window. I'm telling you what, it's, it's very a easy. Really to, small window. It's very hard to get on that list for the customers to consistently want to come to us. And it's so easy to get off that list, it seems, especially well, with coming. the technology. Yeah. And then you've That's got right. that it's small kind of your, 
yeah, it's your first impression or it's your second, third, fourth continuing impressions, right? So if I take a look at that, why is that so valuable today is the smartphone, when it, when you were able to not just do your homework on the phone, but click the call button to schedule a service appointment, mm-hmm. click the call button to schedule to, to look at a car. Um, that turned this world upside down because while we were thinking we were going to get less cars in this digital age, we're getting more calls than ever oh, before. Yes. So I've heard in the service department, we used to get seven times more calls than the sales department. Today, I've heard that number as high as 21 calls more than the sales department in service. So you take a look at, you know, what are the three key things that are so then so important? And I'll tell you the biggest hurdle we all have, regardless of what business we're in today, it's staffing. I mean, we've gone through this change over the period of COVID where staffing is very hard to get. It's very hard to keep, you know, and I can give you several stories about that, how we work with our uh, dealerships. And, you know, if I give them the opportunity to staff or try to staff up for a BDC type program, you know, I would say seven out of 10 times, they say, Bob, can you just do it for us? <laughs> and the reason, and the reason is staffing so hard to get, right? Well, it sounds um, like a great fuel podcast uh, episode. Yeah. So don't be giving away the goods, man. We'll set it up <laughs> for another time, invite you back. <laughs> but think about that, you know, so the first problem is just having the right, having people answer the phone. That's really the first problem in all of our stores today. So, you know, if you look at what we've been able to do as a company organization, what my past history has allowed me to grow to the COO role that I'm in today, it's really about filling gaps in the stores, right? So if you're um, a Dynatron customer, you guys fill those gaps for them that they can't get their arms around every day. So I look at it as there's three things that dealers really are looking for. And if we're good partners, for example, Traver Connect or Dynatron, what we're doing is we're looking to fill those three gaps. And the first one's focus. You know, a wise person, much wiser than me, once said that if 60% or more of your time is not focused on one thing, you won't get a lot of things accomplished during the day. So that focus is really important, right? So do I have time to focus on pricing? Do I have time to focus on phone calls? Do I have time to focus on outbound phone calls? Do I really have time to focus on retention? So, you know, you look at this and if I'm in the automotive world today, if I put my back, my seat back to being a GM of a store, I only have so many resources. I can't accomplish it all. So what am I really good at? I'm good at some core things. I'm good at selling cars. I'm good at servicing cars. I'm good at getting that car when it gets in the lane, through the lane, being able to take care of the customer's needs in a lot of cases. Um, So what do I struggle with would be the focus of what are the things I'm not good at? Can I find a partner to help me, right? I think that's really key in today's world. I think that the second piece is, I hate to say this, but I would say most businesses are process poor. They're not process rich. And I'm not saying every business has lack of process. Process is really hard to pull off in an environment every day. It really is. Having everybody on the same page, it's kind of a cultural thing. And I used to, um, I've sold a few dealers in my lifetime who said that I literally lied to them. We did not change the process in their store. We changed their culture because <laughs> changing process changes the culture. Absolutely. Because you're driving something different um, with a true intention. Um, so if I look at um, the ability to drive process, 
I think we as partners for stores help them with processes where they don't have them or can't identify them or don't understand them, or that's not their key focus. So it wouldn't be. Yeah. You know, I never hold anybody accountable for the fact that they don't know what to do because it's not their key focus, right? Well, you I think the see- first step in the process that you're talking about is answer the phone. <laughs> it is. It's answer the phone. It's the answer very first the phone. thing we do, right? <laughs> and you know this because as we make many calls, you know, at the end of the day, it's um, when we shop stores across the country, we've done for a lifetime, you know, we get the same effect as that first moment of truth, right? Did you pick mm-hmm. up the phone or did you not pick up the phone? So I would say, let me give you some statistics that might help you here. So working with the OEM partners we work with, we get a chance to see thousands of stores. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, if you have a BDC in the store, um, well, if you don't have a BDC in the store, let's just take that model for an example. The average store misses about 20 to 25% of their service calls if they truly track them, if they don't have a BDC. So that means the call goes into the lane, it goes to the cashier, goes to somebody in the store, but since they're not dedicated to take the call, they're losing about 20 to 25%. And that's a pretty big number if you look at it, right? Yes, that's huge. If you even have a BDC in the store, let me tell you what happens is you probably have about a 10% uh, miss rate, even with a BDC with dedicated people, why? Because I'll take service as an example. It's a great example. Peak times. A lot of people are calling at the same time of the day. Same time. Everybody goes to work at the same hour sometimes. I could be right. So you know this from writing service in the lane. It seems like everybody shows up at the same time. It's at the same time. Everybody's packing in in the morning. It's like you're trying to take lunch when everybody else is trying to take lunch. So yeah, there's going to be a misstep somewhere. So when I look at that and I go like, okay, so there are some data points out there to help us, just so you know. If you look hard enough, you'll notice that. Okay, so if you use a backup service to your BDC or an outsourced BDC, and they miss 3 to 5% because that's all they're focused on. So you start seeing, you take that 25% miss rate down to 10, and then you have somebody back that up. Now you're at 2 or 3%. 2% of your missed calls now are 2%, not 25%. That is a huge difference, just so you know, for customer experience. And I hate putting revenue out there hoping that those customers will call back, right? Maybe they will. Retention. Yeah, retention, retention. And the biggest thing I think we had to get through our mindsets as as writers and and mindsets of talking to writers and training writers and explaining to writers how important answering the phone is, is that if you answered 100%, right, Bob, hey, you hit 100% of the calls answered. Well, how many of the people actually show up sometimes? There's things that happen in life and they have, they don't know, they're no shows, they don't schedule. So answering the call, like you said, is it's just going to give us the first step. Now, the next question I, I think would be very interesting for, for me to hear, but also some, for some of the listeners, are some things that we start off with in that conversation and how we actually answer the phone. So got, we, we picked up the phone, right? What yeah. would you say is the number one thing not to do when you answer the phone? Well, first of all, you, you know, in today's world, I think we all know this. Hopefully we all do. <laughs> the outcome of this call is to schedule an appointment with a specific date and time, right? Because what you're doing is loading the shop. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's much of an issue today. We're not just saying, hey, we open at seven, bring it in. So we have that long line out the door. Hopefully we're not doing that today. Wait on them and packing them in. I hear you. And the, and the, reason, the reason is there's 14 service schedulers out there, right, that we get a chance to work with. So there's no reason not to schedule them, sell the hours in the shop, you know, and fill the shop. I mean, that really is primary. Um, but there are some things that, Interesting enough, there's some things that would be helpful to do. So for example, I'll give you an example. I have a 2018 Equinox. I have 69,000 miles. My oil light shows that I'm at 12% oil life left and I'm going on a trip this weekend. So I'd rather get that out of the way before I leave. So I call in, I schedule an appointment. Chances are I can get a waiter for today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's going to take them what they call fast is about an hour. You know, so it'll probably take me 45 minutes to an hour to wait to get that vehicle serviced. Um, but I get there and they open the door and they go like, Bob, you got 79,000 miles on the vehicle. There's an 80K recommendation from the factory to change some fluids here. And um, I'm going to look at them like, OK, how long is that going to take? And mm-hmm. gee, three, four hours. And I was really just hoping to wait here because I'm at work today. And um, what if I do one of them and decline the other two till I can get back next time because I'm going on a trip? So you see this mess, this collision we cause. And we caused it because we didn't ask better questions on the on the call when I called in. You know, if I would have just asked a simple question like, how many miles do you have on the vehicle? I have about 79,000. Great. Let me go ahead and schedule the appointment. I can certainly do that for you. But let me also check for you to see if there's any recalls, any bulletins. Let me see what else is going on. If there's any recommendations, then if I would have pulled that up and said, yes, there is. Do you want me to go ahead and take care of that while you got the car in and I'm going on a trip? I would like to get the rest of that stuff done before I leave. So I would have scheduled it for a different day, different time where they could have had it long enough, not interrupt my day, but just simple things like that, that we don't think about unless you do this every day. So what you did was you increased the revenue and the call. Now, the second thing you did is you got rid of some declined work that you could potentially cause, created. Mm-hmm. Um, you set the customer's expectations up, right? So they're not going to get there and be frustrated now because we've interrupted <laughs> their time. I'm just right? trying to get an old change. <laughs> this is like win-win and you got all the services done before I left. And I feel much better about driving the car on vacation. So if you look at it holistically, you know, it helps build the revenue. It's a simple process. I didn't do anything complicated there. Uh, but it has to be done every day. every day. And every day is one of those things that's called a process. But when you have a process, daily execution, every attempt that you get to do it right, you need to do it right, right? If the customer says no to anything we offer or you offer in the lane, it's okay. It's their choice. That's but right. Not offering, but not offering it starts us off on a really bad foot. Yeah, but, yeah, um, we'll, so remember, we'll never know. We'll never know. That's right. So remember, zero moment of truth is every time we interact with a customer, did they get what they needed out of this interaction to keep coming back? You only got one shot, every shot you get, right? So our job is to keep them coming back forever. That's retention. And I think that's really the key. Yeah, I think it's so interesting it when you talk about that simple- one shot. When you talk about that one shot, I think it's hilarious. It, it brings me back to playing golf with my dad and like a captain's choice. And I'm and I'm putting behind him, and he's like, "All right, now don't leave it short." And then I would leave the putt short, and he goes, "Well, I guess we'll never know." So that's the same thing. It's not asking, you know, if if we're not going that. So 
I mean, I, I, and I like to jump back to the culture aspect because I love what you're saying, doing the due diligence process of understanding that this is the customer here, take care of the visit that they need, but also getting getting things ready and letting them know, hey, listen, when you come in, here's some things we're going to be discussing, and then allowing the customer to plan for that is going to be huge. But I, I think also in that culture aspect, would you agree or disagree that when we answer the phone, like when we answer the phone, if you hear, you know, you know, service, is yeah. that, is that still a, a, a accepted tone or is it like you said, do we need to connect and say, Hey, this is who I am. This is a service. How may I assist or how may I help you? What, what are your thoughts on that? Alex, I don't think I ever went to a training class where it was acceptable to say sales service parts. That's right. <laughs> I think the greeting always starts with hello. Hello, yeah. <laughs> My name is, how can I help you today? <laughs> I think I think those are three things you need to put together. Say hello, it's a greeting. Um, say your name so they know who you're, who's talking to them and then ask them how you can help them. So really, if they called for service, no matter who picked up the phone, they don't have to introduce service. They have to introduce themselves. Themselves, perfect. Say, hi, how can I help you? You know, my name's Bob. How can I really help you? You know, and I think that's what the customer wants. If it's service and you got to the right place at the right time, great. If not, let me get you where you need to go. But I think that's fundamentally, um, when we're busy, we shortcut a lot of the conversation. That's where I go like, so remember 60% of the focus needs to be on the customer if you're customer interfacing, right? So if you got a lot of things going on around you and you're not focused on that call and that customer, then you're not focused 60% of the, or more of your time in the right spot. There you spot. go. Well, the numbers out again. Numbers don't lie. I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> I drive up in the lane and there's two things I'm looking for. I always look for two things when I drive up in the lane in the service department. Number one, did they do a walk around? And did they, when they wrote, wrote me up, did they give me a promised time to get back to me? Those are the things I look at it right up that are important to me as a customer, um, that not as a dealer, but as a customer. As a customer. And as a second thing I'm looking for is a status update during the day so I don't have to call you. That would be nice. I know that the car is not going to get worked on at 930. <laughs> I kind of get that if you set the expectations right, right? And I think the last piece, so it's all communication. The last piece is, I think I've owned a car now for too many years. I'm not even going to say how many, but it's over five decades. <laughs> I've owned a car and not Enough. one time, you'll appreciate this, not one time have I had a dealership go over multi-point inspection form with me on it wow. when I left the dealership, when I picked the vehicle up. Now that's a lot of times. Just that's so you a know. lot of visits. Yeah, it's, so, and it's, it's the one thing we're just. It's just a. It's just like leaving the doctor. Sometimes you don't want to hear it, but you're still going to hear it. Well, I'd like to get at least you know. Then when I find it, I had a dead battery next time. You know, before I get back in there, and I look and I saw it was yellow. I'm like, oh, geez, I should have. You know, somebody maybe would like to cover that with me. Oh, Snelson's worse than, than not telling a customer and then them going down the street or having to be out of town and them saying, why didn't somebody tell you about this yeah. while you had it in the dealership before? It's the worst call ever that you get from a customer. So I, I think uh, one of the things you touched on that was really interesting to, and to kind of start wrapping wrapping around this process is the is the call back, right? It is now, it's not just about handling the call coming in. It's about handling the call 
like you said, the status updates and things like that. So how important would you say is part of the process of, of getting that call back to that customer and then kind of walk me through what you think a best practice of structuring or process of that call would be? Well, think about this. So remember I started by saying we probably get seven times more service than sales calls, right? Mm-hmm. And today I've heard numbers as high as 21. I think wow. the reason we hear that number that high, because, you know, we measure all of our stores. When we take calls for our stores, we measure how many were appointment-based versus non-appointment-based related calls. So, you know, what we find is pre-COVID, about 90% of all the calls we took from a dealership were people calling in to get their car serviced and needed an appointment. Mm-hmm. After COVID, about 60% of the people that are calling us are calling us about an appointment. The call volume's gone up because 40% are calling this check on the status of their vehicle. Oh, wow. That's a big number. So we're taking more calls than during COVID, but mm-hmm. we're taking more unappointment related calls. So what that tells me is what I love about BDC, it shines a spotlight on the rest of the processes in the store. So because we measure everything, I can actually say, okay, so in this store, we used to be at 90%. So 10% of the people that called got misdirected to us. Today, I can tell you that that average is about 30% in all of our stores that are not misdirected. They intentionally hit another number trying to get a live person because somebody else at the dealership's not picking up. When we pick up that call, I would say that 20% of those 30% I would say, I take that back, 80% of those 30% are status update inquiries. Wow. So if we could just use the right approach to get back to those customers, and today there's so many great tools out there. You know, First of all, a live call from the ASM is invaluable. A text from the ASM is almost as good, if not as good today you know, with an update on where they're at, with required work that needs to be done, with a sign off to be able to get it approved. There's so many tools, you know, you would think that I would see the opposite. I would see that shrinking, not growing, but I'm telling you that that means the process in the store for that status update piece is still broken. Mm -hmm. means the process is broken. They're probably too busy. It's not their main focus. They can't execute against it daily on on a consistent basis. So I'd still say that's the number one reason um, that we see a lot of calls coming to us as an example or a BDC that really should have never happened. So why do you think those calls are coming in at a higher volume? Because I think we need to clean up some of our processes when it comes around status update. And process has a direct reflect on culture. So now we start changing the mindset of everybody. So that's fantastic. So, uh, I mean, it's just, it's and, imperative to answer the phone. It's imperative to have some source of communication back and forth in a process and a structure, you know, and then if you had to wrap this up in a boat, right? If, if you're talking to, I'm, it, I, I'm Alex Keith, I'm at ABC Motors. I need your help. You know, we're working on our process. We're working on our culture, culture, wrap this up for, wrap this up in a bow for me. Like w- when am I going to see what I need to see? Well, I think, first of all, I would say if you don't have the staff to do it, mm-hmm. you need to find somebody to outsource it to so you can get it done. Because not answering the phone, you've got to answer the phone. That's number one, right? Mm-hmm. It is your zero moment of truth. It is your brand. It is who you are. So you've got to be able to figure that out. There's lots of people, including myself, that can help you with that. Okay? That would be number one. If you can't get to the inbound, it scares me to think of how you're getting to the outbound. <laughs> 
Very well so put. in most cases, <laughs> that's really not happening. Why? That's right. You're missing your inbound calls. I know you're too busy to make outbound calls. So how are you going to keep retention at the rate we need to have it? You know, we, we're still struggling at 31 to 48% retention over a nine, 10 year period. If we could get that to 75%, it would change our revenue structure. It'd be outstanding. Our state, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to get handle inbound so you can get the outbound so you can get to retention. So there's a process there. I'd say start with inbound. Don't forget outbound because your real goal is to keep your customers at a level of 70. We have stores that are at 78%. I have stores in the 80% retention range over 10 years. I have stores struggling to do that for the first year. So what you got to do is take care of them inbound because you want to keep them so you can get through outbound so you can retain them at that rate. It'll change your whole revenue model in that store in a very short five-year period. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. Well, Bob, I want to thank you. What's that? Call me. Yeah, so I was going to say, Bob, I was going to say, who do we call, Bob? Traver Connect, right? Yeah, just, you know, Hey, if we can't even help you, we'll try to. And if we can't, we'll point you in another direction. But not figuring this out is probably not an option. Absolutely. Bob, man, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Fuel Podcast. This is an invaluable conversation about one of the biggest things that we have to deal with every single day. And then finding the sweet spot, understanding the process. I just appreciate everything that you brought to the to the podcast today you know to, to kind of wrap it up and i'm gonna kind of walk through this and you back me up you know one of the first things we talked about is struggles in the dealership with ans- with the you know receiving phone calls is answering the phone and like you said got to be staffed up got to have a process and ultimately that impacts our culture but then like you said the conversations we start to establish on the phone it's it's people to people you know we've got to establish some kind of a connection instead of saying just service or parts or sales and things of that nature so i think that's part of that process and culture that you speak on and then the biggest thing was if we're not answering the inbound we'd be scared to see what we're doing on the outbound so reconnecting with those customers and, and picking the phone back up and if you don't have the staff to do it and if you don't have the process in place get somebody to help ask okay. somebody for help and say hey yep. anything to add on to that I think that's it, Alex. Thanks for making this fun. I really enjoyed it. All righty. Well, that's going to wrap up another episode of our uh, Fuel Podcast. Again, uh, Bob Gower with Trevor Connect. Thank you so much for coming on with us. And um, today we talked about some of the struggles of answering the phone. You know, feel free to stay tuned for our next podcast that we have, um, you know, uh, with Fuel hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Feel free to drop your email uh, in the comments or drop any questions you have in the comments and always email us. And uh, Bob, I just want to thank you again. Can't wait to have you back on for that other other little line you dropped there. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Alex. Thank you. All righty, brother. 